Welcome to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Dr. Rogelio Ralzola, a PhD in health, exercise, and sports science, a strength coach with over a decade of experience in personal, collegiate, and professional settings, and a sports scientist whose main goal is to use testing and data to maximize your health and performance. And I'm Brooke West, holistic registered dietitian, practicing the perfect combination of a functional nutrition, science-based root cause approach, and hippie magic, with areas of expertise in women's health and hormones, gut health, and micronutrient balance. We believe that health is multifaceted, but not as complicated as others make it seem. Our mission is to share what works and what's BS in the health industry, all while having a good time doing it. Expect us to share everything from new research to tried and true health philosophies to alternative health therapies and the occasional controversial topic. Let's get started. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you listen to our joyous voices on this podcast, we're glad you're here. Oh, we're man. already laughing and we haven't gotten started. How are you doing, Ro? <laughs> I'm well. Yeah, it's... It's like a Tuesday morning. The sun is out. It's shining. I'm vibing. I lifted this morning. It's it's good. Yeah. And I think I finally am getting over, slowly getting over whatever Peru did to my stomach because I've never felt this way and it has been miserable. You know, I got to thinking about like how a lot of the people you work with, they have like constant bloating or like constant gut issues and I mean, I've talked ad nauseum over the past like five, six years I've known you about how, oh yeah, I have never had that kind of issue. Imagine being those people. I've been like this for a week and I'm like, I would kill myself if if I was like this all the time. What a miserable existence. <laughs> the drama. I mean, I think people get used to it. It's terrible. Really, like, I think it's like, oh, like I haven't shit in a week. Everything's fine. God. Like, I th- really think people just get used to like, this is my norm. And uh, it's not the norm. Yeah, that's it's pff, I don't get it. But life is good. I am well. So, you know, you I, I am well. How about you? I am good. The sun is shining here too, which is quite the treat during rainy season. Mm, so it's just right. like, it's like, I don't know, the sunshine, it's like doing a line of Coke during rainy season Jesus or something. Christ. Like, it really is. Like, the sunshine <laughs> is just, you, I'm like, oh, I'm like a happy baseline person. But then, like, the sun comes out after the rain, and I'm like, I am ready to like take over the world, deadlift 500 pounds. Like, I feel so good. Interesting. I think people that, uh, Snort cocaine, probably don't think about deadlifting 500 pounds and probably think about other things, but hey, you know, <laughs> it's different. Maybe that was a, a bad uh, <laughs> metaphor, but I am energized okay. by the sun right now. <laughs> That's great. That is good. Yeah, I think I saw your post. You got your 10 to 30 minutes of sunlight every morning. Stay, just walk outside. Get that sun, every baby. Morning. If it's overcast, I still go and I try to sit out there longer, but I'm just like in Eeyore mode. Mm. Wow. What a sad day. I mean, I think that that's fair, though. There, there's so many times where it's like raining or, you know, it's just gloomy and you're like, I'm just not feeling it today. I just want to go back to bed, you know? Yeah. It makes you want to go to sleep. I. It's funny because everyone here calls it like some people call it winter. I don't know if they're just doing that because they're trying to equate it to like what an winters? expat version of winter. Uh-huh. 
And they'll have like winter hours. And I'm like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> it's still 80 degrees. You know, it's like, so it, it just sounds weird. But tourism has slowed down a lot. And a lot of the people that come here seasonally leave. Mm. So it's really interesting. It's like the community gets smaller and then the rain comes. Sad boy hours. It's the same thing as the winter hours. Sad boy <laughs> That's hours. what you got to be like, oh, we're in a sad boy hours. <laughs> I like that better than winter hours. Yeah, exactly. I was at a cafe working with a friend just to like shift it. Because, I mean, you'll, you won't leave your, your cabin when it's raining. It sounds like it's so heaven to like me. pulling teeth to. It is. And that's why I love it here. Like truly a bunch of hermits live up here yes. and then we force each other to socialize Gross. just because we probably should <laughs> and we went to a cafe and this crazy rainstorm came and like the doors were slamming shut we don't have ac here so everything's just like open air we open doors and we open windows and all of a sudden this wild rain came and like all the doors were slamming i'm like is is this like is there an exorcism <laughs> happening yeah. right now like what is happening it was so intense and saying, this isn't even bad go back to america <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't even that like this isn't even the the peak sad boy moments. Ah, please call it sad boy hours from from now on. Hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. So I guess things are going well in your world. Uh, They're going well. I'm getting ready for a trip back to the states. Yes. Um, I've just finished up a bunch of uh, dental work, having my metal amalgam fillings removed. Mm. And right before we were hopping on, you're like, I'm really excited to go to the dentist. And I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> okay, well, I, I have to. So I need an update <laughs> yeah, yeah, here. Like, what is this? Okay, you have to understand. I was a grad student for far too long, right? Like six and a half-ish years, I think. And for anyone who's never been a grad assistant or... Uh, you know, was smart enough to leave academia uh, early. <laughs> the men, the medical coverage is horrendous. Just like the stipend is horrendous. Just like the hours are horrendous. But I get to call myself a doctor now, which I guess is whatever at this point. Um, so like m dental coverage wasn't wasn't like a. It's not a thing for most, if not all, grad students, and. What the last time I was on my parents' dental was like, I don't know when, I think 25 is like once you get kicked mm, off. Like 26. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Obama. And uh, it's like since 25 or 26, I've gone to the dentist maybe like once or twice and I'm 30 now. So it's been a couple years. And at the beginning of the season, uh, like the team dentist or whatever uh, does a check on everyone and he's like, hey, like you're teeth are healthy and you just need to clean up like i don't see any cavities and i was like look at that i made it i made it a whole three years thank you i know you don't clap it up i know you yourself. don't like it brooke but thank you fluoride in our water thank you the fact that like i don't you know drink <laughs> a lot of like pop in general <laughs> you know i don't have a lot of sweet um but yeah i mean it's just like it'll be i say this now that I'm excited to go see and get my teeth cleaned. But I know the second the scraping starts, I'm going to lose my that freaking sound. mind. And there's going to be blood everywhere, right? Of course. And I'm going to want to punch my steering wheel. But I hope you've been flossing, boy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Twice a day, for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I remember the first time I went back because it was the same kind of thing. Like, I had this big gap because of grad school. And I was older when I went back to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're so, 46 now. Yeah. It's crazy. But. Excuse me. <laughs> and 
and they blocked off extra time because they asked they're like I'm a new patient and it's like okay well when la- when was the last time you were at the dentist I'm like uh, I don't know like a couple of years and they blocked off extra time because I think they thought it was going to be just like an absolute nightmare yeah. and then the, and they admitted that to me they're like oh like this this isn't bad I'm like we blocked off extra time we've seen some stuff and I'm like oh god like, what have you seen <laughs> oh man yeah so go see your dentist people if you have the coverage for sure it's it's uh it's important it's good for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, let's get into our question of the week. Do it. Okay. This one was directed at you. So here it goes. <laughs> Do you like your protein bar? I can't seem to get enough protein in, but I hate the taste of bars. Any help? Uh, yeah. This won't be thrown back to you, but like my initial, first of all, shout out to the person that sent this to me, but like, hey, if you don't like to eat something don't eat it it's that easy you know there's like a ton of different ways you can get protein in but like specific to the supplements right or like the bar like you have powders you have like i have chocolate milk i have fair life it's like got the extra protein in it right there's like a ton of ways you can do it and if you don't like the taste of one specific bar but somebody told you that it was like the most complete or had the best vitamins or blah, blah, blah. Like, thanks, capitalism. You gave a, like gave us like a ton of different resources to get our protein in. Like, go try those other ones. Um, but from like a whole food perspective, right? I think, Brooke, you can talk. I think you should talk about it more, more than, than I can. But it's crazy. That's a good quote. Thanks, capitalism. <laughs> I can count on one hand how many times I've heard that. Um, I think that whole food protein, like whole food sources are always going to be my answer. You cannot out-engineer nature. I haven't seen it. Sorry, Elon Musk or whoever else I'm probably offending. I don't think that you can like accomplish that. So if you can eat real food, that's always the priority. However, protein powders and protein bars are great convenience foods is what I call them because it's making sure that you can get in your protein with very minimal effort. You don't have to cook. You've got something in your hand. It's great for travel. I grab some things before travel. Mm -hmm. I have quite the gnarly travel back to the States due to some flight mishaps. I know. But no, it's not going to be fun. It's okay. We're going to talk about some of these things in the podcast yeah. and how to help people through this though. But um, you also have so many different options. Like I love the Go Macro bars. Not super, super heavy on the protein, but it's actually plant-based too for people who care to consider those things. So that's like my favorite tasting one. But all the textures and the tastes are different. So like go wild yeah. like go in the protein bar aisle just get try different ones that appeal to you and never eat any you don't have to eat anything you don't like and i yeah. you know you chuckled a bit but i think that that's a good thing that here's your permission slip <laughs> sure you know i think people think oh well so and so neat said i need 20 grams of protein at the snack and this bar has 20 grams of protein like those quest bars they yeah. taste like styrofoam <sighs> so people will eat yeah, them yeah, and yeah. be like oh i need this because i need to hit my macros They're also and expensive. I, this and that. like no Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just don't think that you have to because thanks capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I I mean it's it's it seems like a very simple answer because it is, right? But I think it's one of those things that absolutely gets lost if you 
you know, are in the space enough in the health and wellness industry enough where people are like, I just don't know what to eat. Like, whatever you want. If you like it. That's the secret. Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. I'll, what protein bar brands do you actually like or eat? Uh, mine are the, like this, I think they're called zone bars or whatever. The, the grasp that, uh, fudge graham has on me is atrocious like i wake up and i'm like i feel like you know how like they naturally enhance the flavor of dog food so dogs are like oh i want to eat this all the time that's yes. how i feel with this fudge and i wake up and i'm like fuck yeah it's time for a fudge graham protein bar uh so yeah i just think that i mean i love s'mores so it's like a s'more in a bar um so yeah, those those are I've been on those for a while, and I used to eat a lot of Quest bars. But one, like when they came out, they were like all the rage because they are really high in protein and it has quote unquote negative carbs, right? Because it's like, well, it's a fiber, so it like doesn't count as a carb, blah blah. And just marketing, but yeah. talk about messing up your GI system. Yeah, I, those Quest bars were unkind. Yeah, you can have like two or three of those because you're like, oh, I'm just it's pure protein, but then like you're shitting out bricks and you're like, what is going on? Like, oh, it's because of those. Um, so yeah, I mean, the fudge grams are, are my favorite. Um, there are these ones that Casey gets that I cannot remember. Um, Fit Crunch, Go Crunch or something. And um, Those are good. I've had those. Yeah, those, those are good. So, I mean, for me, like it, it's just whatever you, whatever you like, but those are the ones that, that I tend to eat. So. I also like the Luna bars. I've never been a fan I of have Luna to be, bars. Um, dairy free oh, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. gluten free so luna bars and go macro bars are my go-to if those are things that someone listening has to consider yeah very fair yeah luna bars i'm like it's like a little turd wrapped up in a packet like wow this is unfun it's a tasty turd okay <laughs> sweet <laughs> <laughs> wow all right well i think that's enough on protein bars yeah, and, and what they do to you yeah. <laughs> So today for our topic, we're talking about managing travel fatigue and jet lag. Let's go. Yeah, this is an important one. Traveling is awesome, but I think that we are all aware it can screw up your sleep, your GI system, your routines that you might have to support your health. So imagine a long trip. And you have to do something physically taxing or mm-hmm. compete in a sporting event or something like that. But you're tired. So that's kind of the lens of what we're going to look at some of this stuff through today. Yeah. And the first question, I think before we get started, it's not really a question. Ro, can you just lay down what is circadian rhythm? It's a fancy word that we talk about a lot, but it's also kind of jargony. So right. can you explain sleep and our circadian system? Yeah, I, I it's it's always so fun to me because uh, we all sleep, right? Every single one of us. And I think that means that almost like nutrition, right? Where it's like, well, I eat, so I'm qualified to talk about like eating, Um I'm by no means like a sleep expert when you look at like what a real sleep expert is. Um, So this is kind of like the boiled down version of what circadian rhythm is. Um, I think we've heard it a a lot. Uh, It's not like I doubt someone is hearing it for the first time, but it's really like your body's ability to regulate um, the cyclical rhythm that happens within 24 hours. 
So we are diurnal beings, meaning that like we have like it's like when the light is out via the sun, we're awake. And when it goes down, oh, crazy, you get tired. Right? That is all built into the circadian rhythm like and in this master clock that we that we have inside of us. Um, I think it's like the fancy name is the suprachiasmatic nucleus, but that's just your master clock. Like it is kind of the thing that regulates when you're awake and when you're going to sleep. And we also have like certain receptors on every cell in our body that is like taking up the the melatonin, the you know, whatever we're doing at that that point to say, hey, it's time to either wake up or it's time to either go to sleep. And it's a really good thing for us, right, that our body is hopefully working in unison to try and keep us awake and, and be active. Um, but I think we're all aware that certain things can affect your circadian rhythm. And most notably, like light is is the easiest one, right? Sometimes you're like, wow, I can't wait to sleep in tomorrow. And then you remember you live on the West Coast and the sun is coming out at 545. And you're like, God damn it. I really wanted to sleep until 8 a.m., right? But the sun is shining and it's saying, hey, it's time for you to to wake up. This is this is the clock we're living in now. Um, and, you know, it's just like, it's just really cool to think about the different things that that can affect our sleep and that act as like time givers and phase makers of like, what should my body be feeling right now? How should I be moving or resting based on light, uh, sleep-wake transitions, the physical activity you're doing, um, food and like social activities and things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's like how our body regulates our ability to be awake when we're supposed to and rest when we're supposed to. And a lot of people have terrible circadian rhythms. A lot of people do. And the, the problem is that your circadian rhythm is tied to every body process. Yes. So if you have really terrible sleep patterns and you're messing up your circadian rhythm, like, okay, well, everything from your metabolism to your ability to digest and absorb nutrients mm -hmm. is also going to be affected. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like it, I think people like I wear blue light glasses at night. I try to, um, which we, uh, we might get into later, but it's like people, maybe that's a gimmick. Maybe it's a sham, but like light is going to affect how you go to sleep because certain light waves may affect the release of like, um, lower levels of melatonin that like start to creep up towards the end of the night. And, uh, you know, if that throws it off, if you're up and I say this from experience, if you're up video gaming until 1am and you're waking up at 6am, you're like, wow, why do I feel tired? Like, cause you're being an asshole to yourself. <laughs> what, what do you mean? This is on you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nobody else did this except for me, but you can't end on a loss, you know? So you got to keep going. But, um, Light is for sure the like the biggest um, the biggest time uh, giver, um, and in the literature they use the word zeitgebers, um, which I believe is like German. It sounds like it at least, um, and that just translates to a time to time giver. Um, but you also have things like phase markers, which is going to be like your melatonin and how it shifts throughout the day, and core body temperature. 
Um, so your core body temperature like generally starts to decrease as the day goes on. So it really, I guess it like spikes, right? As the morning goes, you're like, ooh, I'm hot. I'm awake. I'm ready to do these things. And throughout the day, it kind of slowly starts to be like, hey, let's let's wind down because your body's literally winding down the processes inside of you, like your metabolism to say like, it's time to go to sleep. Um, and late at night, like I think three to seven, uh, wait, 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. is like when you're typically your coldest, you can have like a whole degree colder um, in Celsius uh, that you will be. So sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, fuck, I am freezing. Oh, it's because your core body temperature has dropped. Get another blanket on you. Right. So always interesting. That is interesting. Also, I don't think blue light glasses are a sham, I, but I, I will so say, either. I think the ones with the orange tint are like, those are going to be, you know, they're not a great fashion statement, <laughs> but if they, the orange ones, like those are the ones that are going to be the most effective. Yeah, mine. And I have um, the other kinds that look like other people can't tell that I'm being a health weirdo. <laughs> they look like normal glasses, yeah. but they have the, a slight tint to them. Yeah, a slight yellow and, tint is, is the ones yeah, that I have. And yeah, I think, I think that that's good. It's hard, like, you know, you and I had this conversation offline, I think, but we are, we have such a hard time getting research dollars to to look into all the things that would be cool to look into that we might never have great human studies on blue light glasses. You know, that's just not a priority when we've got things like AIDS and cancer, you know? (laughs) Yes. So, you know, a diabetes is like a huge one. one Like Alzheimer's, Uh right? Like we have more important things that we need research dollars going to. So I am team blue light glasses and blocking blue light with different apps and things. Yeah, for sure. And and it helped a lot during grad school because I stared at screens all the time, just writing and writing. And I remember I'd close my eyes and I would see like fireworks going off. And I was like, this is, this is a miserable existence. I just want to close my eyes and be able to sleep. And when I started to use those more regularly and admittedly also kind of fix up some habits, like it wasn't happening as much. And so now when we have night games and I'm staring at computers until, you know, 10 p.m., I'm, the second it hits like 7.30, I'm like putting them on and I'm, I'm chilling. It's at least one less thing I have to worry about just to kind of help myself sleep. Yeah. Anecdotally, I think it helps with um, like eye strain fatigue. Yeah. Like it helps with that for sure. And I have plenty of that. <laughs> Speaking of fatigue. What is travel fatigue? What does that term mean? Yeah, I, I, it's, I think we've all felt it, right? Anyone who has traveled for really long periods of time has felt travel fatigue and has felt what they think is jet lag. Um, but there has to, it has to be understood that there's a difference between travel fatigue and jet lag. And this is just like a this is really a technicality, right? Like it's easier to say like, oh man, I'm jet lagged than oh, I'm currently suffering from travel fatigue. Like, all right, nerd, just tell me you're jet lagged, right? Uh, <laughs> but like they are distinct um, in that travel fatigue kind of encompasses uh, all the things that come with being tired. So it occurs in all traveling. Um, when you're thinking about flying, right? You're cramped up in this little space. If you're driving for like hours on end, mentally that can be like really fatiguing uh, as well as physically right because you're just sitting there your arms are out and you have to be turned on the entire time 
otherwise you die in a fire car accident. So uh, no big deal. this doesn't just mean planes, but I think for the most part, we're going to talk about like planes, but you can get travel fatigue as long as you are traveling really for long periods of time. Um, and it happens on one journey. So let's say you travel once a year, right? You're going to get tired then. Um, or you do like a lot of short travels throughout the year. Like that is going to have some sort of cumulative effect on you and you are going to be tired and you are going to stay tired if you're consistently traveling back and forth. Um, so I know we all love sports, but like the toll that traveling takes on baseball and basketball in particular, because they're long seasons and they're flying from team to team to team to team, um, can be very brutal on on an athlete, uh, especially if they are not sleeping well to begin with. Um, but it's caused by the demands of travel, travel, uh, cramped conditions, whether in a car, a plane seat, a train seat, um, sometimes prolonged mild hypoxia. So when you are in a plane, like, yes, you have cabin pressure that's set to make sure that you can breathe at 30,000 feet. Um, but like you are still in a different setting compared to being on the ground compared to being at where your home base is. Um, so you may feel like you can't breathe as much or at least it feels like you can breathe, but your body is aware of like, mm, this is a little less oxygen than we're used to. And if you're traveling for six, 12, 24 hours, right? It's like, holy crap, this, there's a long time where you're like not getting as much oxygen as you would like. Um, and then the changes in the environment uh, is also really cool. Like, you know, right now you talked about how you're in kind of winter, right? Uh, it's the beginning of summer, end of spring here. If I were to go down to Patagonia and it's like, oh man, it's, it's winter time here. This is crazy. Like automatically your body's like put in this position where it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. Six hours ago or 12 hours ago, we were, it was really hot and now it's really cold. Like what's going on? Um, and all that stuff like maybe mentally may not affect you, but the body knows, right? We, we've talked about how the- My sinuses now. Oh my God. That's like, I somehow have allergies now. I'm like, what the, f this is weird. Uh, just from being like in a different place. Um, and then the reduction in physical activity, like all of that is going to cause travel fatigue, right? New place, cramped conditions, you're doing less, and just the strain of it all. Um, jet lag, on the other hand, is specific to like the rapid travel across three or more time zones. Right? And that's why it's called like jet lag, because it happens very quickly, most times in a in a plane, right? I don't think you can get jet lagged in a car. It's not fast enough. Um, but like you can show up on, I'm, I'm in Baltimore. I can show up in California in what, like six hours of travel. That is not natural, right? <laughs> when you think about it, like it would take months for you to walk. Maybe not months, but a long time. Um, and it's just like an instant like, hey, you're three hours in the past now. Congrats. And you're like, I'm sorry. What the hell's going on? And then in the other vein, right? Like, hey, you're three hours in the future. Your body doesn't know. It's just kind of like, whoa, it's being thrown off in a lot of ways. Um, so jet lag can is generally more um, like aggressive and severe and more prolonged in the symptoms. But it's going to lead to desync of this circadian rhythm. 
because five o'clock when the sun should be coming up is now eight o'clock is now two o'clock and you're like oh, oh this is terrible um and that's like just east coast to west coast in the u.s and vice versa if you know when we went to spain last year I, that's like a 12 hour difference right like the effect of every time zone that you pass is going to multiply so the more time zones you go through the more affected and prolonged the symptoms um, you're going to have and it's just like it's just something that we should be aware of if we're not aware of already um, and it also makes sense like that's why you're exhausted and you shouldn't feel bad about it like this is unnatural unnatural travel and it happens very quickly and if you need some time to to recoup even when you're on vacation or when you come back like it's a very normal thing to feel that way yeah this is making me really anxious for my upcoming travel yeah sorry <laughs> i'm only crossing two time zones yeah which and like you're going north to south or south to north too right like i think there's less research on that but again that's that's you're going from winter to summer and, and it's just going to be a totally different environment. Yeah, hopefully it's not too bad since technically like I live in the tropics, you know, so yeah. it's not like it's super cold. Very true. Yeah, I do live in the mountains where it does get cold, but this will be an interesting experiment. My issue is I'm traveling through the night. Ooh. So um, I have a lot of thoughts on that and like basically how to, a terrible term, like reset your circadian rhythm, but. I think we should get into that yeah. a little bit later. I don't think it's a terrible term because it, it you're resyncing it, right? Like that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I can share my game plan. Yes, please do. Um, but before we dive into that, what are signs of travel fatigue and jet lag and how can someone monitor? Is it getting better or worse? Yeah. Yeah. This is really important, especially for like, uh, I say athletes, but for someone who is showing up in order to do like physical activity or to present something, right? Like, let's say, what's up? You're going to say something. Or I was even going to say, like, I think about like a destination wedding or oh. like a conference oh, or something. Like, I know, You right? have to be like turned on yes, for these things. Exactly. And you're like, destination wedding too. Like, oh my God. Like, hey, the best day of your life and you better get there like a week beforehand to to make sure that <laughs> things are are good and that you're mentally and physically there. Um, but yeah, whether you're going to, you know, go and uh, hide the Inca Trail right away um, or you're going to compete in a game or like you said, give a presentation, like this is going to affect you in some way, shape, or form. And anyone who has traveled is well aware they've felt this, right? So for those of you who have never traveled, right, or maybe you've never really taken stock of what it is you're feeling, um, there are like, quote unquote, clinical symptoms that you can kind of look at for travel fatigue and jet lag that allows you to be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to need an extra day or I should really prioritize sleep or something, right, based on how things are going. So with travel fatigue, like just like with any fatigue, you can have persistent fatigue, right? You are just tired all the time. Um, a really great way to ruin your vacation if you're like, I came here to relax and I'm just tired all the time or 
I came here to hike for four days and I'm exhausted. And what a dumb thing for me to do. Uh, <clears throat> recurrent illness, that can be like, you know, there's so much stress that is being put on your body. You are likely in a more inflamed state or um, in a state where you are less um, able to to combat the sickness that comes from just like being alive or, you know, like outside stressors. Um and so that means like you can get sick more easily, potentially. Um, behavior and mood changes, right? You're definitely not your best self when you're cranky after a night of poor sleep. Well, you for sure will not be your best self if you traveled for 12 hours, got terrible sleep on a plane, obviously. And then we're like, hey, go be personable. Absolutely not. Um, and then a loss of motivation. And I think the loss of motivation probably comes from all those other things, right? Well, I feel sick, I'm tired, and I'm, you know, just being a, a little piece of shit and I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to do anything, right? All those things kind of go hand in hand. Uh, with jet lag, like I talked about, it is more severe. So you you can have things like heartburn, indigestion, diarrhea, right? Uh, what's that old song? It sounds like a pep. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I wish I had that set. Just like play that. Um, all those things, right? Because as we talked about, your circadian rhythm is is linked to just being alive and like these physiological processes that are set, like. If you wake up and poop every morning and you're good to go and then you travel for 12 hours in a certain direction, you're like, oh, no, it's 8 a.m. I haven't pooped yet. Like my whole body feels weird. Um, sleep disturbance. It's just going to be harder to sleep because you're in a new time zone. You are unsynced with your previous clock and you have to resync with the clock that you're in now. Um and daytime fatigue is going to be a big one, again, because it's like, yeah, it may be 12 p.m. It's noon back home, but now it's 8 p.m. And you're like, oh, what's going on? And vice versa, right? Hey, it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon. We should be ramping up, getting to go, like perfect time to be doing a lot of activities. Um, but back home, it's 6 a.m. And you're like, I'm exhausted. All I want to do is sleep. Duh. Because, <laughs> duh, right? Um, and then, like we talked about with uh, a conference or a wedding, like your mental focus and concentration is not is not going to be there. You know, I think that uh, that's kind of, it's going to really mess you up. So um, what are ways that we can monitor this is like specific to jet lag, um, if you are in a setting where you are taking care of athletes or a, a team that you need to perform in some way, shape, or form, uh, the Liverpool Jet Lag Questionnaire Actigraphy um, is interesting to, to look at, and maybe it's something worthwhile to, to give to your athletes as they travel um, to see trends. Um, but for fatigue, it's, or travel fatigue, it's like anything else, right? You want to monitor physical, physiological, mental, and different assessments that maybe you take already. So if you're in the gym constantly and you're doing like a readiness questionnaire, five, four, five, five, I'm always ready to go. Um, and I decide to do that same questionnaire as I'm traveling. And I'm like, twos, threes, ones. I just feel worse. 
<clears throat> that's a great way for you to just check in, especially if you have like years or months or even weeks of like data or enough of yourself to know that like, yeah, normally I wake up and I'm feeling like a four out of five and I feel like a one, like, oh, duh, relax a bit. Um, so yeah, and, and we can talk about like how to, how to manage those things, uh, in a bit, but yeah, I uh, have the Pe- Pepto Bismol song <laughs> stuck in my head, so I only caught like half of that. <laughs> Just hey, you got ADD. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, man. That's pretty cool. I haven't heard of this questionnaire though. I want to check that out. Yeah, I'm interested in that for sure. So, okay, let's get into the stuff I love. How do we make this better? Yes. Like what can someone do to manage this, especially if someone's going to competition or some type of event where they have to be like ready to freaking go? Yeah. Yeah. I'll turn that back on you first, right? I am having poor sleep. How do I make sure that that's fixed first? Like what are steps that you tell someone for say- sleep hygiene? Yeah, I always say the biggest ways we can make an impact to support our circadian rhythm is food and light. So what can we do to help stabilize these things? And then the rules just become like even more important when we're traveling. And what's really interesting is when we get into shift work, we can use some of those tools that I would tell someone, hey, shift work, do this to reset Mm -hmm. your circadian rhythm. You can do the same thing flying. So that's basically what I'm going to have to do. Um, so do you want me to explain what I would do? Yeah, or do you I, want I to take the reins. No, I think I think we can like we can talk about it, you know, together. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll tag team this one. Yeah. Uh, this question for sure. So um, let's talk pre-travel first. I'll let you kind of give your thoughts there. Let's start there. Yeah, I. It's so funny when I think about pre-travel. It's like the easiest thing to do is like sleep as much as possible, right? You want to be well rested before you go on this like 6, 12, 24-hour travel to get to wherever you may be. Um, When we were in Peru, we met this couple from the UK, and they were like, uh, yeah, it took 24 hours to get here. Like, And it wasn't flying, right? But it's like you fly for a couple hours, and then you can't really go to sleep while you're waiting for your next plane. You're going to miss it, right? So you have to like, okay, maybe I'll nap, or maybe I'll just kind of like – relax a bit but what we're trying to do is before we leave is sleep as much as possible and you're almost like sleep banking right like hey i may even oversleep just to make sure i'm like as well rested as i can be because i know that i'm going to get less or uh, lower quality sleep as i'm traveling um planning as someone who hates planning right planning is probably very important uh like hey this is happening six months from now I know that a month out, I should probably start to tweak some things if it's like very important. Um, Or if you work in the professional sports setting, like you get the schedule a year in advance and automatically you should be like, okay, which ones are our longest trips? Which ones are going to be like the weirdest trips going from San Francisco to Milwaukee? Like what? And and I'm on the East Coast, right? All these things. Um, So planning's a, a huge one because you're trying to minimize the amount of time between proper sleep from your departure spot and proper sleep uh, 
in your, I guess, wherever you're at now spot. I don't have a better word for that. Um, and then, you know, making sure that you are refueling and, and rehydrated or I guess fueled and hydrated before before you go. So, yeah. Yeah, I think pre-travel, I'll say like I get nervous. It's like my body knows mm-hmm. we have to be up. We got to be on the road. We got to do this, this, this. It's hard for me to sleep before travel. So I want to normalize that for anyone else. Yeah, no, for sure. But I liked what you said is like, okay, we can we can anticipate this and start way ahead before the night before. So in the planning note, uh, I know Ro and I tend to be similar packers as we're <laughs> planning things. And he's like, yeah, I haven't packed. I'm going to Peru. I'm going to pack the morning my plane leaves. And I'm like, okay. And I'm about to go to the States and I have not packed a yeah. thing. <laughs> Granted, I don't leave till 7 a.m. Thursday morning. It's Tuesday morning now. But um, yeah, ideally, we wouldn't do things like this sure, to ourselves. Right, yeah, yeah. And, ideally, uh, we'd we be better people. More in order, you know? Uh, that would be helpful, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And then another thing you brought up, too, with the flying is when we're in the air, yes, we're in a pressurized cabin, but it's not perfect. Like, yeah. you've ever noticed if you try to open a can that you had or a bottle, twist <laughs> bottle, when you land, it's Every like... Every time. Yeah, yeah, it's not perfect. So... You have to remember, too, this also affects your hydration. Mm -hmm. So a really big piece is hydrate and have electrolytes that you wouldn't normally have, right? So in a normal situation, most people I work with, I'm having them do something like an adrenal mineral mocktail to get extra minerals every day. Athletes, I usually say... 60 minutes or more of training, add electrolytes, and then we can get into the nitty gritty the longer the training goes and the type of training. Mm -hmm. But if you're getting ready for travel on a plane, I would prepare like a sporting event. Yeah, Like you bet your ass I'm going to have my electrolyte powder. I'm going to have, I'm going to get a water and a coconut water at the airport. That's not just a Costa Rica thing, people. Like (laughs) you can find cartons of coconut water now. Where are your fresh coconuts? You're like, get out of here. (laughs) They... That's a thing. Even in the U.S., I see it in all the airports. So those would be the things I would be grabbing. I've even seen noon tablets in airports Mm. if you forget. So like get your game on, have your snack kit ready, your electrolytes ready, your bottle ready, or be prepared to pay $20 for a bottle of water, whatever tickles your fancy, and have everything ready to go. That's my two cents on that one. Always have my water bottle with me. And And I don't drink water, right? I think we all know I'm terrible at it, but like... Casey is like really get a oh my god fiance get a fiance that uh gets it's still weird <laughs> that uh that's exciting it's like hey make sure you're drinking water I'm like oh yeah I guess it's been four hours right like someone who's like where's your water bottle uh yeah that's that's how you plan just give someone else to plan it <laughs> and so many times people are like I guess let's talk about the this is the during travel yeah. now part which we'll, we're getting into the weeds on but. It's like, oh, I don't want to get up and go to the bathroom. Like, screw that. Get Make up. Sally Sue move over yes. and just get up and go to the bathroom. Yes. It's so bad for you to dehydrate yourself and you're going to feel like hot garbage when you land. Yes. So just drink. And another thing we can even compare to an athletic event, it's like taking a sip every 10 to 15 mm-hmm. minutes yeah. is usually what I tell someone during training. So, you know, why would you think that you wouldn't do that yeah. when you're in this like weird environment, really which almost is like a training. So yeah. I would have your water bottle ready. And even though you might not be super thirsty, like be taking a sip mm-hmm. every 10 to 15 minutes Yeah, while you're awake anyway. Nice. Ne- next time it's just like, 
<laughs> so it's like, where are you traveling to? Like, oh, I'm training to go to Hawaii or something today. Okay, guy. I'm gonna have to do a video series of me like training to travel yeah. <laughs> while I go back. That's what, fuck. That's what I should have done. Okay, plan the next trip just so I can do that. Just for the talks. Um, you you did mention like getting into the during travel, right? Like I, I as someone who also, I mean, there are times where I'm like, I don't want to drink water. Same reason. I don't want to like have to get up and blah blah blah. Um, now it's like whatever. And also international flights. I think it's so much easier on my mind to be like, I can get up and move because like the understanding is like, Hey, we're on this plane for a long time. I should be able to get up and move and drink water. But on like a domestic flight, that's two hours. Like I know some people are like, Oh, if you can't sit in your seat, like, dude, I'm never going to see you again. I don't care. Right. Like I should, like you said, I should be drinking water. I should be moving and getting up to go to the bathroom and whatnot. But I have become like a plain princess. I love it. Please tell me more. So, you know, I used to see people with like sleep masks or eye masks and pillows and whatnot. And I'd be like, you're so fucking soft. You, you know, you can't handle, oh, you can't handle two hours. Oh, you can't handle blah, blah, blah. And then I think when we went to Spain last year, Casey was like, hey, we should buy like neck pillows just, just in case they don't give us anything on, on the flights and blah, blah. And I was like, what kind of, what kind of weak shit is this? And then I put it on my neck and, I, and then I'm like, I was like, oh, I feel like a, like a fancy king with like one of those like garbs around their neck and just automatic game changer was the first thing where I was like, oh, my neck feels supported. I can kind of fall asleep and not just have to like dig my head into the front of the seat or the seat in front of me. Um, but I guess before that, what really changed my life was the noise canceling headphones. I were not sponsored by Bose in any way, shape or form. I love my Bose headphones. The ones that we use to podcast, like mm-hmm. the noise canceling is like, next level i love it i don't hear babies crying you can go fuck yourself little babies uh i don't hear like the (laughs) the whir of the engines you know planes are loud like if you've ever like put them on like noise canceling headphones and you're like oh yeah like it's quiet then you take them off and it's like (gasps) you're like oh god (laughs) let me put these things right back on um it's terrible and so like think about trying to sleep in those conditions um and it's just like it's another thing that's going to negatively impact your ability to to be fine. Um, and yeah, I I need to start bringing eye masks. That's my next one. Like because I I need... I'll send you my favorite ones. They're silky. Oh my god. Do it. I yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm gonna have like in training on on the <laughs> on <laughs> training on the thing <laughs> just to just to make sure that it's like yeah, I'm actually prioritizing my sleep but think about again how we talked about how light can really affect your uh your circadian rhythm how you wake up and how you fall asleep i know when i was coming back from peru like they were all night trips which is great because it's like oh i can sleep through the plane through the night it's like a quote-unquote normal day of sleep normal night of sleep but they didn't turn off the fucking lights until 3 a.m and so from midnight to 3 a.m., I'm trying to close my eyes and go to sleep. But, like, 
these are bright lights. And even if you close your eyes, like you can still see that light. And mm-hmm. all that affects you. Yeah. And all I wanted was like, oh, let me get a fucking sleep mask, please. Um, and I was going to put a blanket over my head, but I'm brown. It looks a certain way. I would have been taken off the plane. Um, <laughs> oh my God. No, but, but really what it was is like, I, I couldn't breathe in it, right? You start to get hot uh, because you're just breathing in your hot air. So um, yeah, like eye masks, noise canceling headphones, pillows, like automatic game changers. Um, and then you can do things like compression socks and comfortable clothing, right? I did travel in jeans on my way there because I just had to. And I was like, wow, this is, I don't like this. But a nice pair of fat sweatpants, I'm rolling. This is just comfy city. Um, and yeah, just like making sure that you are moving when you can, especially on like very long trips, stretching when you can. And as much as I hate when Casey does it, in the airport, we don't sit. She's always walking around. She's doing laps, blah, blah, blah. But it's really good for you because you go from like six hours of sitting and like, okay, well, why would you just sit in the airport for another two hours before you get on another four hours of not moving? So taking the chance to move when you can is going to be like really beneficial uh, for your body because it's a good way to kind of loosen up. So, yeah. I like all those tips. Yeah, I'm about to be that chick in the airport stretching on the floor. And yes. people are like, oh, my God, what is she doing? But it, it's Don't gonna care. Help. It's going to help. Especially because I'm going to have a long travel. And uh, what would I add to this list? Don't bring a baby I, up. I if you have a baby, leave it at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say that now. I can't wait for you to have, like, twins on an airplane or oh, something. Oh, I'm going to be like, like hey, I'm sorry. You, you have to stay home. I, well, if I have twins, which would, wow, that would never happen. I don't want to say never, right? It's not in either of our bloodlines, but I'd be like, you guys can just take care of yourselves, right? Like, look after each other. It should be fine. One of the, so I'm about to travel through the night. And I started doing this because it was the only direct flight and I had mm. Smooch with me. And it's easier on her. The airports aren't as busy. It's just, you know, she has to like she won't pee in those stupid little astroturf things so i just have to be mindful and i would have to dehydrate both of us (laughs) to keep her with me all the time and it was a whole thing i don't have to do that on the way back but i'm still flying through the night yeah uh because i want i wanted the direct flight but thanks expedia screwed it up so i'm going to guatemala Mm. and then i'm gonna go all the way Ah! terrible yeah good times so my game plan there is during travel i'm gonna prep i'm gonna have hydration electrolytes i'm gonna have a good meal uh, around sunset before i leave and then that's it i'm not gonna be snacking my way through these flights Mm -hmm. because i want my food and light as best as i can it's gonna be hard because i do have a stop i want the light and the food as best as i can to help me stay on track yes so that's gonna be probably a harder one um, we'll see how that goes, but, and I'm going to bring food for when I land. Cause it, a lot of the times it takes a while to go through customs when there's like one person there at weird hours yeah. so that when the <laughs> sun comes up, I'm going to have food. Yeah. So that's my game plan when it comes to food and snacking. And really when it, you're traveling, 
the hardest things to find are going to be protein sources that are going to keep you full. Mm. Like if you're just snacking on carbs, you're like, oh, I'm going to get some bugles or Doritos Chips, or yeah, whatever, nice like amazing. candy. Um, it's just not going to keep you very full. And so it's also going to not be great for blood sugar, hormones. It's just not supportive of the whole process mm-hmm. of being in your body. So pair it with other things. So I'm a huge fan of bringing some type of protein bar that I actually like. I'll bring protein powders sometimes. I'll bring lots of nuts and seeds because they're really nutrient dense and it's carbs, fat, and protein in one thing. Yeah. So those are the things I'll bring. And then if I want to get other stuff, I can. However, this trip, since I'm flying through the night, not going to be heavy on the snacking. Yeah. Yeah. So those would be my big ones. Um, And then also just like... I bring baby wipes, like travel baby wipes Mm. to wipe things down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it grosses me out. Yeah. So I will say that's just like, because I'll get sick easily if I don't sleep. And travel messes up your sleep. So already I'm in this immunocompromised state where I'm sensitive. So you know all my supplements are coming with me. I'm going to (laughs) be hydrated. I'm like on top of it. I'm wiping down. That nasty ass tray on the airplane, like we gotta, we gotta do our best here. Yeah, yeah, and I'm taking like supplements that are gonna, that that I use regularly to help with like my daily influx of my cortisol, myself. So like, we'll talk about it later or a different episode. But things like you know when you take caffeine is gonna be important. The use of L-theanine mm-hmm. is gonna be important. Maybe some rhodiola or something that acts as an adaptogen to to get you back into the swing of things like it is it is a process and for sure all those things that you do during the travel can either help you or or hurt you um and like i said on the food thing right i remember the reason the lights didn't turn off was because they were serving food at like 2 a.m and i'm like why do i want to eat anything like a full meal that they give you at 2 a.m so i was like i'm good because I knew that that was going to mess up my sleep and that it was going to mess up my ability to sleep and eat once I got back home. Um, but yeah, what about what about post-travel? What are some things that you like to do once you've gotten to your destination? So I think the big thing is I try to immediately adjust to where I am yes. no matter how crappy it's going to feel. Yes. And... I did this, and this is not the best for your health, but this is honestly how I handle it, is so I'm going to fly through the night. I'm going to get very little sleep. It's going to be like little power naps if I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. I just have a hard time sleeping on planes. And then I'm going to get to Washington, D.C. at sunrise, and I'm going to stay up till sunset. I'm not, because if I go to sleep all day, I'm going to be up all night, Mm -hmm. and I'm really going to just exacerbate the problem. So. I'm probably not going to sleep for like 48 hours and it's tough, but it, honestly, it's, it, it's not that bad. Um, it's not as bad as you would think. So I'm going to like go have a normal day and then I, you bet your butt I'm going to be in bed like when the sun is going down yeah. to then get a really good night's sleep. And then I'm not going to sleep in super late. I'm going to, I always get up with the sun here. I'm going to get up with the sun on the East coast yes. time. And I'm going to start my regular day, even though it might not feel great. But as soon as I can resync, that's when I feel best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that like, you know, I, there's a there's a lot that you have to take in consideration before you're like, maybe use melatonin, maybe use caffeine and stuff like that. But like those are 
tools that may be appropriate to get you to sleep maybe when you don't want to sleep so that when you get to your place, right, you're more in sync. Or for you, right, like I'm going to stay up so that I can be a part of this time zone or whatever. Maybe you have more caffeine than you're used to just to keep yourself awake, right, and then go back to sleep. There's a lot of moving parts to that. Like, you know, we can argue or converse about like when that's appropriate like if you're going to compete like hey this is what it is we need to do it or if it's like well i'm going to be there for two three weeks like it's not going to make that big of a difference but there are tools that that we can that we can use post travel to help you resynchronize um to whatever time zone you're in and um the sleep thing i think is huge because normally you're like i can sleep in kind of whatever condition but if you're trying to resync, like maybe making sure you have blinds that are fully covering or like carrying around clips that are going to clip it so that no light comes the through. The eye mask. Yeah, the, or the, the eye, eye mask. mask is right. the answer. Yes. Duh, dumb thing. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It's like, I'm not even, this is not a sponsor <laughs> yes. thing, but like this eye mask is going to change your life. Yes, please. Yes, and, and I will be the first one to buy it from there. Um, but I think it's also important to understand like if you are going to train or do things, right? Um, you are not at your best, obviously. We've just talked about all the things that are going to inhibit you. Now is not the time to max out. Now is not the time to like compete unless you really have to, right? Like, I'm sorry, the travel schedule says you have to fly six hours west and you're in the East Coast and you have to play ball. It is what it is. That's when we're going to use like supplements. That's when we're going to use different tools. But if you're like going on vacation, but still trying to exercise regularly and stuff like now is not the time. Relax. It's a vacation or focus on other things like just don't be an asshole to yourself and things get better. That's a shirt idea if I've ever heard of one. Don't be an asshole to yourself. Things get better. Um <laughs> What a great slogan. Yeah. I have worked with athletes who've crossed over for like world mm-hmm. level competitions. And honestly, I would, if you have the luxury, get there a few days early. Absolutely. And then another really big piece is eat familiar foods. Yes. Like if you're going there for, or if you just have a really sensitive stomach, when you land, don't go get this exotic street food. Let me tell you, <laughs> don't do that. Yes. Get something that's semi-familiar to what you normally eat and let your body adjust because you're already going to sometimes experience GI distress mm-hmm. just from the lack of sleep, the stress of travel, not having enough hydration electrolytes or something being off there. Yes. Hopefully you can manage that. So eat familiar foods to keep a really good rhythmic digestive system. Yeah. As someone who was peeing out of their butt for like three and a half days, absolutely do that. <laughs> you're like don't do what don't I do what i did don't travel for four days at thirteen thousand feet and then be like why do i feel so bad and then eat a bunch of exotic food yeah and then not drink any water so hey don't be an asshole to yourself right that would be a perfect time to, <laughs> to not wear that one of the main things I do want to talk about is a lot of people tend to get constipated when they travel i yeah. would say that's the most common thing i hear normal if you can stay on top of the water and the electrolytes you're gonna eliminate a lot of that Mm -hmm. 
And then another big thing is move your body. Yes. Like don't go train, but like go for a walk. Yes. You know, like get things moving. And you can use certain natural things to help move things along, quite literally. Prune juice is one of them, <laughs> which I'm sure if you have grandparents, you've probably heard them <laughs> talk about it. Um, and fiber actually is great. And like it's healthy. We want someone to have it, but it can be constipating, mm-hmm. especially if we're not drinking enough water or we've been in a plane and we're more dehydrated than normal. So that's something to consider when you're feeling out what's going on. Yeah. Um, and certainly a lot of people, I think their patterns are going to change because your food changes. And the best thing you can do is just, you always want to try the delicious food in the new places you go, but stay on top of every other supportive strategy you have. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the alpaca that came back to get me. I earned it. That, oh, and I tried guinea pig as well. That's a story really? for another time. Yeah. How was that? You ate alpaca? How was that? Uh, it was just gamier. Yeah. It was like meat, but mm. just a bit gamier. Yeah. I was like, I got alpaca gloves and I ate a burger. So, you know. <laughs> well, they good. do different things in other countries too, where like they ferment meat and they don't necessarily cook it or they have like all these different practices that like our bodies might not yeah, be used to. Yeah, very fair. And I would, I mean, I would be down to try just about anything and you're in a new place and you want to yeah. experience the culture yeah. for sure. But then also my travel pack for sure has anti-diarrhea meds <laughs> in it, you know, because you just never know. Yeah. You just never know. Very One very natural fair. way you can help with loose stools, by the way, is activated charcoal. And it's super easy to find. You can find it just about anywhere. Like you can find it a lot here in Costa Rica and different places where you might not find like Imodium or like whatever it is you're used to. But Yeah, that would have been nice last week. Oh yeah, that's the pro tip. I have this little bag that says "Always be prepared." Boy Scouts motto, nice. and that's where I put like band aids, anti diarrheals, <laughs> like baby wipes, <laughs> like all the things. You're like, if shit hits the fan, maybe literally, like this is what I need. Yeah, I most days I leave my house without my keys and wallet, so you know, no chance I would ever have something like that. But maybe that's something for my fiance to plan. Be better, Casey. Um, yeah, but I, I thought that, you know, I really want to do this episode because, you know, we're getting to summertime. People are going to travel more. I just got back from, you know, something that was, uh, really great, but also like did negatively impact me more than any sort of travel has and sure for a myriad of reasons, but I think it's cool. I think it's really cool to talk about. And, you know, some people, if they're used to feeling that way and they don't know that like this is not a normal feeling, like here are some steps that you can take to, to alleviate some of the stress that comes with traveling, especially if you are doing it all the time, given that you're an athlete, someone who works on different continents or has like a higher up position that like has to do a lot of traveling and stuff. So um, yeah, hopefully the, hopefully the stuff that we talked about was like informative. And I go see the yep. dentist soon. So it's a good day for Row. <laughs> On that note, would you like to take us out? I would love to. <clears throat> Cue that music. Bye, y'all. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to the Health Unfiltered podcast. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, rate the podcast, and share this episode. 
connect with me, Dr. Alzola, on Instagram at ROI Health. For more details on all things sports and human performance coaching, visit GetROIHealth.com. You can find me, Brooke West, on Instagram at WestNutrition.co. For all the ways we can work together on nutrition and holistic health, visit WestNutrition.co. And don't forget to send us your epic questions of the week on Instagram at HealthUnfilteredPod. Catch you next time.